Hello and welcome to season 2 of Travel Stories with Marsh, the first travel podcast in the Middle East. If you love the world around you and you love to explore different landscapes, cultures, cuisines and cities, then this is the right place for you because here every week I'll be talking to some incredible travel enthusiasts who will take us on some fascinating journeys around the world by sharing their travel stories. For this very first episode of the new season, I am so very pleased to welcome a very special guest whose true passion in life is travel, so much so that she's even made travel her career. Zahara D'Souza is an expert travel counselor who can pretty much tailor make every travel requirement and she's here to tell us some of the most interesting travel tales of her life. Welcome to Travel Stories Zahara. It's such a pleasure to have you here on the very first episode of the new season. Thank you Mush for having me here today. I am really looking forward to chatting with you. Awesome. So you're a travel expert who's obviously been around the world a lot. So tell us what really attracted you to travel so much that you made it a career. It started uh, when I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um my parents used to own a family business of restaurants back home in Kenya mm-hmm. and obviously I grew up going there on a pretty much a regular basis and I realized my passion obviously for food already at that time um and it wasn't long before I was heading off to La Roche in Switzerland to study hotel management mm-hmm. and when I arrived in Switzerland I realized that I was lost in this culture pool of culture you know it was a small village in the Swiss Alps and out of 800 kids there were about i would say 80 swiss children mm-hmm. and the rest of us were all from all over the world like different parts of the globe um yeah I slowly began to learn about all these cultures and where people came from and what they did and and i think that really really made me curious about travel and learning more about you know different parts of the world so mm-hmm. i think that's really where it stemmed from yes so tell me about travel counselor like you're a travel counselor what does travel counselors really do so you know people who are listening know what you really do so travel counselors is actually a a model our head office is based in the uk and uh, we have a support office over here so it's more like a franchise agreement so mm-hmm. all travel counselors run their businesses as individuals uh we don't work together with each other although we do support each other quite often with you know maybe some people require certain uh tips for certain countries and we do rely on each other uh for things like that but we do run our businesses as a separate entity but it's about holding your hand from the time we meet you to the time you've actually come back from holiday and everything in between amazing now coming back to the podcast where are you taking us today on a journey Well, uh you might say I'm a little bit biased, but mm-hmm. I'm going to take you home to my country in Kenya. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh there is so much to say about Kenya. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm trying to keeping it try to keep it a little bit brief today. Um I've traveled a lot all over the world, but there's very few places which I can say um have matched what Kenya has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not just talking about the safari and you know the food. Yes, because stuff. when you say Kenya, people immediately think safaris and animals and giraffes and everything else. 
Kenya has so much to offer. It just depends on how much time you have. Okay. Um, you really need to explore the country from mm -hmm. the mountains to the rivers, lakes, you know, bird viewing. Um, of course, we have our uh, Mount Kenya. And then we have, of course, the um, Abadeers. But the main, of course, attraction always comes down to the Masai Mara and mm -hmm. the annual migration every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Although growing up, we went on safari a lot. Um, last year, I had the opportunity to travel to the Mara with my husband for 24 hours. And we uh, stayed at a tented camp called Ishara. Mm -hmm. um, Ishara means uh, sign in Swahili and I believe in Arabic similar and many other languages in, Ishara yeah, yeah. would mean. And uh, we arrived, uh, it took us 40 minutes from uh, Nairobi and we arrived at the Al Kiambo airstrip in the Mara and immediately we were picked up by our driver and you just all of a sudden felt like you were just really in a calm, serene place. It was morning and, you know, you could hear the birds and, mm -hmm. you know, it was just really, really peaceful. You could see the gazelles already running around, the zebras. Um, as soon as we arrived at the lodge, you, you had to walk over like a wooden bridge, mm -hmm. which was like, it just made it all so much more exciting. Um, and we arrived and obviously they had a Maasai dance for us. Um, so the, the tented camp is built over stilts and looks over a river. So it's, the setting is really beautiful and you can't hear a sound except the sound of the animals. And we could actually hear the sound of hippos quite a lot. Um, yeah, the food, the, the thing is they're really good with their sustainable uh, products mm -hmm. or produces, shall I say. They they do a lot for sustainability. They are um, they have their own uh, tower farms where they grow their own produce. And then they have, um, like they support the local ladies by with by providing these beaded bracelets in the room that the local ladies make. What they have a specialty of theirs is this star bed, which is again, very highly raised on stilts. And uh, in open air, you sleep there. And that's, this is the resort. Yes, Ishara. in Ishara. Okay. Yeah. So that's like a, like more like a honeymoon experience. Experience, yeah. Um, but yeah, we absolutely loved our stay there. We had a breakfast on the way the next morning mm -hmm. uh, by the river, uh, hosted by Ishara and um, and then we were able to see the annual the migration the animals crossing the river the Mara so that was the most amazing thing and next thing we were back on our way to Nairobi so yeah although I have been to the Mara many a time mm -hmm. uh, this is my latest memory of the Mara and I thought it was absolutely amazing yeah but, but you know obviously like you said you you grew up in Kenya and you've seen the migration many a times before and You've seen a lot of Kenya, I'm sure. But if someone were to go to Kenya for the first time, what would you recommend that they experience um, first as a first time traveler? Well, I think, well, I, I think I'll change this question a little bit because a lot of people from here like to travel to East Africa. Mm -hmm. And their question is, shall we go to Tanzania, to the Serengeti, or shall we go to the Mara to in Kenya. Right. But I would suggest that you do Kenya first if you haven't done um, any of the other countries. Mm. I think it's simpler. It's logistically simpler as well to get from A to B. Um, and uh, you don't need that much time 
uh, three nights is is enough for you to get a decent Mm -hmm. safari in. Whereas if you were to go to Serengeti, the logistics are a little bit more difficult from here. um, And the safari is a little bit more complicated. The Serengeti is massive. So you would need to stay in a few different places in the Serengeti. And you can't do that in three days. No. Yeah. I think you need a week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And of course, if you're going to South Africa, you're traveling quite far as well. Yeah. yeah. And so, you can't just do Kruger yeah, and come back. And this, There's so much else this in South Africa. This is how Africa. I would differentiate right. between yeah the different countries. So Kenya is just perfect to go if you want to just go for three days and experience the migration and yeah. come back. You can literally fly in three nights and fly out. I mean, perfect for a long weekend. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so obviously, we spoke a little bit about Kenya and you grew up there. But going back a little into your childhood, uh, which is that first place that kind of made you realize that you actually do love travel? So I think it was back home in Kenya when, you know, the family had a business of restaurants. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously the exposure to different people from visiting from different countries was already there. Mm -hmm. But later when I went to La Roche in Switzerland, uh, that's where my real passion, you know, came out <laughs> it was like you know this is really what I want to do simply because I just come across so many people from different nationalities mm-hmm. and I was exposed to all these different cultures different foods so it wasn't really a place it was these different cultures that kind of attracted you to kind of go and explore the world and know more about cultures and people etc right yes totally agree I think it was the people and not really the place that I was in yeah, yeah true yeah True. So which is your all-time favorite destination and why? So I have a lot of all-time favorites, Mm -hmm. but for the sake of conversation, I'm going to say the Maldives. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I've been there like five or six times Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people will turn out and say, but Maldives is for honeymooners and, you know, it's couples only and it's not for people who have children Mm -hmm. and, you know. So I think over the last few years, a lot of people who had never been to the Maldives have now been to the Maldives. And yeah. I think COVID people also are, did that yes, to people. Yes. <laughs> I think there was a point in time when everybody was going to the Maldives. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's one of those um, places where it is actually for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I think what is really important about the Maldives is choosing the right island. Correct. See? Or the hotel. It's exactly. pretty much one island. The per resort. Hotel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's so much option. Mm. There's seaplane options. There's speedboat options. Mm. There's pl- resorts that have house reefs or don't have. Mm. Some resorts only have two restaurants. Some have eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, is it a snorkeling? You know, is it a diving area? Is it not? Mm-hmm. So I think this is really, really important that you mm-hmm. figure out what kind of a resort you want and what mm-hmm. your wish list is actually. Are you a foodie? You know, yes. And- but, you know, you just mentioned like some people think, um, you know, is Maldives really for children or not? But there are quite a few resorts that do not welcome children because, you know, it's a honeymooners, uh, you know, paradise, etc. Now, of course, things are very different. But I think over time things have changed. But also I remember when we went there and our child was very little then it was very difficult to find a resort which would welcome children. So I think that is kind of the impression that people have that maybe not Mm. um, everyone's welcome or people with kids are perhaps not welcome. I think that's kind of the feel of a lot of people out there. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Mm. And I think times have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I've actually been some to some resorts where I feel this is more kid friendly than mm. adult friendly. Mm. So we even have the opposite now. Okay. And yeah, I mean, that's which is wonderful. Ho- exactly. I think, yeah. Some resorts will cater for kids, you know, A to Z with a full on timetable mm. from the morning till the evening mm. kids clubs, which are like, super amazing yeah um but we still do have those resorts where it's adults only or a lot of resorts have an adult only separate kind of section where Mm -hmm. they have a pool or they may have a bar so families with kids of age who can use the kids club can actually leave their kids at the kids club and still go to the adult area for a few hours a day and just relax which is wonderful exactly and this this mix of both is just perfect it just goes to show that you just need to find the right place Mm -hmm. you know for yourself there is a place for everyone or an island for everyone that's right yeah had uh recently been to uh taj exotica in the Mm -hmm. maldives and i have to recommend that that place was absolutely amazing Service. We love recommendations. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> their service uh, and their food. You know, the Taj level yeah, of cuisine yeah, is yeah. absolutely amazing. But um, the one I went to earlier this year was the Ozon uh, Reserve Balifushi. Mm. And that's like really on, an, on another level. Their food choices of restaurants. It's an all-inclusive. Okay. So you can, ha- it's an all-inclusive dine around. So basically you can choose where you want to eat on a daily basis. You mm-hmm. know, they have a Moroccan, they have an Indian, Asian, mm-hmm. and then they have uh, daily dining restaurants as well. Yeah, because most of the resorts are kind of mm. all-inclusive because you can't really step out in Maldives, right? You can't just say, I'm stepping out of the island and going to another <laughs> island for a dinner. I mean, that doesn't usually happen. So. <laughs> Most of the resorts are kind of all-inclusive. What what I think is quite important when it comes to all-inclusive is to just ensure that you're not eating in the same restaurant every Mm, night because there is an all-inclusive and then there is what is called, we we call an all-inclusive dine around. So you need to ensure that you're going to a restaurant or to a resort that will allow you to dine around so that you know you can dine in different restaurants yes. every day without okay, that's a good tip. having yeah. like without having to pay extra yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so that's that's that's, that's a great trick. tip for Maldives because Maldives yes. can be very expensive exactly. otherwise yeah. yeah okay now Zahara of course the Maldives is amazing but you know there are places around in the world or sometimes things happen and it doesn't leave a very good taste in our mouth so which is that one place that you perhaps don't fancy going back to? I don't think I have a place that oh, I come don't on. fancy going back to. I mean, you know, to. it doesn't have to be the place, but sometimes, you know, some things happen um, in hotels or incidents happen that haven't left kind of a good impression for you or you will think twice before going there. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... I'm sure if I think back, I've had quite a few incidences Mm -hmm. over the years, Mm -hmm. but I had one recently and that's not something that's ever going to stop me from going back to that country or that place. Um, But um, I went for a uh, wellness retreat recently to uh, Chandigarh in India. Okay. Um, And um, when I arrived at the airport, um, they kept me there for approximately two hours. So the initial problem was a visa issue that my visa had been issued only that morning and I had traveled the same day, which I didn't understand why it was such a big issue. Okay. It's, it, it, it doesn't seem to be a problem if yeah. they had, unless they would have told me that you should not travel today. Yeah. It um, could be a passport issue, exactly. but not a visa. Yeah, sure. Uh, I had the visa, but they said that it was issued today and that's a problem. 
fine. So that took one hour. Yeah. And then another hour took because they said that I didn't have the required inoculations. And I didn't see why I needed the inoculations that they were asking me for either. So, you know, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because we were extremely delayed. And one Mm. of my colleagues was actually waiting for quite a long time as well. Um, We eventually hit the road and it took us like two and a half hours. And we were going to the Sukh Villas, the Oberoi Sukh Villas. Oh, yeah. yeah, In Chandigarh. Very good stories about that one. Yeah. So, two and a half hours in traffic. And then we arrived there eventually. Um, You did need the wellness (laughs) retreat after all that. But believe me, as soon as we just settled in and, uh, you know, had gone for dinner and uh, had a few drinks and. It was all forgotten about, you know. But that is the thing, right? I mean, when you travel and you travel around the world, so many things happen, but it's all a package deal, right? Exactly. It's part of the journey. Right. Okay, Sahara, now give us your hidden gem. Okay, so by hidden gem, I think... You are the travel expert. I'm (laughs) sure you have many up your sleeve. The thing is, I have loads, but I have some... some Special ones. Special ones. And I'm not sure if this is a hidden gem, but it, it... often comes back to mind and it often throws me back as well mm-hmm. is uh montreal in canada oh yes okay especially uh old montreal you know the pebbled uh streets the markets where they sell the cheese and the bread and cut meats and um the musicians on yeah, the street yeah i haven't heard anyone speak of montreal as a hidden gem really yeah <laughs> The, so which it's a pleasant surprise that you're saying that. I absolutely loved it. Like I saying, the musicians on the street and, you know, they have these circus acts going on and ice cream vendors, little boutique restaurants. It's such a nice place for just, you know, just strolling and just being, you know, you don't have to do anything. You can mm-hmm. just be. Mm-hmm. And that's, I really, really loved that place. And but what is so special about it? Aren't a lot of places in Europe like that as well? I Well, obviously it's, it's. It's not European, Mm. it's Canadian, and it also has a French touch. Yeah. So that's probably what makes it a little bit different because you can feel the French in it, Mm -hmm. but you're not in France. Right. And it's different from France. So... Okay, so it is special for yeah, you. For me, I think it's special. And I'm sure there's people out there who feel that it's 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 a nice little location. Okay, wonderful. So now, if you had to travel around the world... And if you had to have breakfast, lunch and dinner in three different places in a day, where would you want to have? I think if I was to indulge in breakfast, it would be an Indian breakfast, Mm -hmm. definitely. Um, Either North or South Indian, depending on if I'm looking for... So you would go to India for that? I would, yeah, Mm -hmm. I would. I would go to... So breakfast in India? Definitely, yeah. Um, I would say for lunch... I would go to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a nice, you know, uh, Tom Yum soup with some steamed sea bass, lemon mm-hmm. infused or something. I would prefer to eat at the seafood market, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they cook it in front of you. So mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it's safe, but mm-hmm. still it's like, you know, fresh and it's authentic. Right. So, and then for dinner, I think I would be in the Swiss Alps, maybe a nice cheese fondue with nice. a crisp. 
a white wine or maybe a herbal tea, depending on, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what the mood is like. So, yeah, I can recommend a couple of places for the Swiss fondue. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so we had a really nice uh, restaurant in Bluche where I went to uh, university. Uh, it was called Le Petit Paradis, mm-hmm. and they used to make the most amazing Swiss fondue, uh, French, um, cheese fondue, sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we used to go there all the time to treat ourselves. I think we had a little bit too much cheese at that time too. And why not? <laughs> in Switzerland after all. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you've been in Dubai for a while now, and uh, of course we are spoiled for choice over here when it comes to food. Um If you had to have breakfast, lunch and dinner in three different places around here in the UAE or in Dubai, where would it be? Okay, so since breakfast is going to be an Indian one, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be in Karama in Woodlands. Okay. Yeah. Um, For lunch, I think I would go to LPM, Mm -hmm. Le Petit Maison otherwise known as previously mm-hmm. um i think they make really really good food all their food is also very and they have been very tasty yeah, yeah that's the thing all these years right yeah um the burrata is amazing mm-hmm. um they also have a good uh i think it's a lamb dish but i can't remember exactly what their name of the lamb was but mm-hmm. it's really nice and they also do a nice baked sea bass they do yeah, yeah. and then their uh creme brulee yeah that is yeah, that takes I think the everything cake. there is. Yeah, pretty that's spot the thing. On. Sometimes yeah. you just want a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, it's better to go as a group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for dinner, and for dinner, where would I go? Oh yes, I think I would go to uh, a family-owned Sri Lankan restaurant. Oh, yeah, it's called Tushani's. Okay. It's in Discovery Gardens. Is it? Yes. Okay. Oh, they make a mean prawn curry. Yeah. All right. They have really good food. And it's called Tushani. Yes, it's called Tushani. Okay. And yeah, it's just a very simple restaurant with great food. Totally okay. recommended. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So we have these three recommendations from you for food. Now, if you had to recommend one experience in the UAE for people who are listening and who want to come here, or even for people who live in the UAE, which is that one experience that you would highly recommend um, out here? If it's only one experience, then I think I would definitely go with Hatta Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, located just next to the Hatta Fort Hotel, mm-hmm. which is also very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this big kind of park setting where you can, you know, do a whole bunch of activities. Okay. Um, from it's like a day lining. trip then. You can actually camp there. Okay. Or you can stay in caravans. Or okay. you can even stay in like the five-star accommodation that right, they have. Right, So it's really up to you. Yeah. But they have, I, I believe it's 16 activities. So they have the Zorball. They have water slides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have um, some they kind have those of trailers activities. There, yes, right? the okay. cedar trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but hiking, biking. Um, it's it's amazing, really. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, for people who live uh, in the UAE, it's definitely a great place to go uh, during the winter. Mm-hmm. We usually camp. Uh, we carry our marshmallows and everything, and it's nice. just like. And they have the facilities if you'd like to shower and stuff as well. So it's really like all round. So even if you carry your own camp, you can shower there and they have all the yes. other facilities. But yes. you can also rent out a trailer if you want. So you can either rent out or pay for an accommodation mm-hmm. or you pay for like a spot on the camp. Mm-hmm. So you can park your car and then you can, they have a barbecue pit, they have the bins, they have running water. 
So you can use all their facilities and for something very like charges, very minimal, mm -hmm. but definitely recommend it, especially if you've got kids, they would love it. Yes. Okay, Sahara. So we've been hopping and skipping around the world with you a little bit. So what is next for you in travel? What is on your bucket list? Um, um, I think uh, I'd like to explore more of Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. um, it's not somewhere that I'm very familiar with. And um, Croatia, Serbia, those kinds of places. Mm -hmm. um, that That's probably something that I want to do. Maybe Serbia for the skiing as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, maybe a self-drive around Croatia. Oh, Croatia is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I really am looking forward to doing something yeah. like that. And Croatia that. has everything. Like, you know, it has the, the mountain, it has beach. the sea, yeah. um, fabulous wine. So yeah. you literally can go on a you know, wine uh, tasting trip as well. Um, great food, seafood. It's just got everything. It's such a beautiful country. And, and it's not that far either, right? It's not that That's far. And yeah. you can literally drive from one end to the other. And if you yeah. drive a little more, then you go down to Montenegro. Um, you can also go via Bosnia and Herzegovina. And so that whole patch is such a beautiful area of the world. I highly recommend. Thank you. You must go. <laughs> so, yeah, I really hope you get to go to Croatia and uh, to all the other Eastern European countries and enjoy all of that. Um, now, we've almost come to the end of the podcast. Um, where can people find you if they want to go on a trip <laughs> with you or recommended by you so um on instagram i'm mm -hmm. uh, uh, elegant escapes uh, by zahara and i'm also uh, on uh, available on facebook as okay. elegant escapes by zahara and then i also have a uh, uh website that i can be reached at that's uh, a travel counselor's website okay fantastic yeah. thank you so much zahara i was so wonderful talking to you and going on all these various trips with you. I wish you all the best and I'm hoping to go on a journey with you soon sometime. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.